It's happening daily. We're being conned by the institutions we used to trust. The mainstream media is distracting us with meaningless headlines instead of focusing on the harsh realities facing American families. Time is short before something big happens, and that's why so many folks are preparing. They're becoming self-reliant by investing in emergency food storage from My Patriot Supply. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com and secure four-week emergency food kits for each member of your family. Each kit contains tasty breakfasts, lunches, and dinners, averaging over 2,000 calories per day. Save $50 on each four-week food kit you purchase. Plus, get free shipping on Ready Hour four-week emergency food kits. You're not ready if it's not Ready Hour Foods. At My Patriot Supply, you can also get solar power generators, water filtration units, heirloom seeds, and survival gear. Order by 3 p.m. and your unmarked boxes ship the same day. Shop MyPatriotSupply.com today. MyPatriotSupply.com Hello, everyone. I'm Sierra. And I'm Ashley. And this is your Weekly Weekly Dose of Wicked. explode your face (laughs) that was scary yeah that was champagne popping for anyone that cares yeah so yeah hey guys welcome 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 one and all it's your weekly dose of wicked one year anniversary special edition yeah ashley's pouring some champagne to celebrate and i'm gonna mix mine with some cherry lemon sun drop because i don't like champagne whoa dude i'm not drinking all that what are you doing it goes down okay i want that one i want that one that's I'm making- not busted off the microphone. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Take it from me. What are you doing? I can't reach you. Okay. <laughs> making a lot of noise, Ashley. Well, you know, I'm really sorry, but sometimes this is what happens. Actually, I actually hate champagne. I love it. Ashley didn't care. She was like, oh, yeah, I forgot your little pansy and you can't drink it straight. So apparently last week I said I was going to make margaritas. I have no recollection of that. You 100% said last week you were making margaritas. You were like, oh my god, should we get drunk on the podcast? I can make a picture of margaritas. Yeah, I don't remember that. Yeah, I edited it, so I know. Yeah, I didn't listen to it, so I don't know. So anyway, welcome one and all. I got champagne, so have a glass with us. Yeah, get you a drink. And if you don't drink, then get you some juice. How's your champagne mixed with sundrop? It's fine. (laughs) It just tastes like a boozy sundrop. Well, there you go, perfect. Sundrop is the delicious nectar of the South. That is true. So anyway, guys, we're so glad that you could join us. Um, some exciting things going on. Uh, we are going to have a Zoom on Friday, July 7th at 9. Is that what we decided? Yes. 9 p.m. 9 Eastern p.m. Standard Time. So hopefully as many of you that are available can join us. We try to pick a time that was, um, you know, like you'd be home from work, hopefully. Hopefully. We're going to play a little trivia. Yeah, we're going to play some trivia, give some prizes out. It's going to be lots of fun. Yeah, so join us if you can. Join us if you can, and we're going to hang out and chill and have a good old time. You'll get to see the unedited, awkward versions oh, of Ashley yeah. and Sierra. <laughs> That'll be fun. Yeah, because we're super freaking awkward. Yeah, we are. But it's fine. Everything's going to be just lovely. So yeah, that's what we got going on this week. Um, if you haven't joined the Patreon, you should head on over to www.patreon.com forward slash weekly dose of wicked and join one of our four awesome tiers. 
Uh, for those of you that don't know, which you should by now, uh, we are doing two Patreon episodes a month. So for your um, donation of, you know, it's not really a donation though. Like I always call it a donation, but like you're paying for content. It's not a donation. Like it's not just free money. We give you things in return. That is true. So anyway, if you want to pay for a subscription to the Patreon, you get two bonus episodes a month. And yeah, the first and third Monday of every month. And then also you get to support your favorite girls. That's true. We're your faves. Hopefully. If we weren't, you want to be listening to us. Well, we might be like top five. Okay, I'm okay with that. I'm okay I'm fine with top with that. five. I'm fine with that. I'm even okay with top ten. I'm okay with top fifty. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I don't know if anyone listens to 50 podcasts a week. I do. You listen to 50 podcasts a week? Mm-hmm. I don't believe you. You don't have enough time to listen to 50 <laughs> podcasts a week, actually. I don't even listen to our own podcasts. Yeah, so. I'm aware. I so do you're a big liar. Anyway, so do that. Uh, do the other things. So go on over to Facebook. Give us a like, Instagram, uh, Twitter, TikTok, YouTube. Do all the things. Leave us a rating and review on Apple Podcast. And nowhere else. Oh my god, I already told you. If anywhere else lets you leave a rating review, please do, but I don't know of any other sites that allow that. So, without further ado, this is a really special case. Not a special case. I mean, this is a special case. It's a special episode. Yes. Because you're getting a twofer. That's true. Ash and I have both prepared a case, and this is going to be our longest podcast episode yet. So, hold on to your britches. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You might have to listen to it for a couple of days, depending on how much time you've got, but it's worth it, I think. I think it is. So let's go. We've decided that um, I'm going to go first. And both of our cases, um, they might be the same. They're not the same. Same topic. They're the same topic. So Ash and I did not plan this in any way, shape, or form, but we've both done a missing persons case of women. So hopefully that's about all they have in common. I don't know. Yeah, we'll see. It'd be real funny if it was like the same case. It's not, though. We said the names. Like, we checked the names. We know it's not the same. Okay, I know, but I meant like the same premise. I mean, it might similar. I don't maybe know. It's it might be killer. Uh, no. Okay. I I don't know. Maybe it's serial killer. I don't know. Okay. Anyway, without further ado, I'm going to jump into my case. Okay. So, um, I want to preface this case by saying that there's a lot of rumor surrounding this case. Okay. Uh, it's hard to tell what information is factual and what is just he said, she said, because it's just a lot of drama. Oh. So, uh, if you are listening and you're familiar with this case, please feel free to let me know. If you have any information or, I mean, if anything I give is absolutely wrong. We probably have a few listeners that probably do know the case because they're in that area. Um, it's in Texas. So if you listen and you're in Texas, you know who you are. I was going to shout you out, but Ashley said no, because you might not want people to know where you live. And I agree with that. So you know who you are. We were going to shout you out because we know how much you love that book. Yeah. 100%. You love to be shouted out. You're a girl. You're a girl. One of our super fans. One of our favorite people. So anyway, let's just jump into it. Um, so I also said... This is an unsolved person's case, and I know how much Ashley hates those. Oh, I do. But I think that it's important to bring light to these cases, as there is still hope to at least provide closure for the family. Mm -hmm. So that is why I chose this case. I agree. Uh, I also chose this case because Donna K. Cloud was born on July 7th of 1997 to Daryl Beatty and Shelly Cloud. So I felt like it was meant to be when I came across it, since this case will be airing on the 5th of July, and it's two days before what would be her 26th birthday. Okay. So I felt like it was destiny when I came across it, and I had to do it. Okay. Shortly after her birth, Donna's mother, Shelly, left, and her father, Daryl, was not heavily involved with Donna's upbringing. Instead, she was raised by her paternal grandparents in Shepherd, Texas. Donna would grow up to be a beautifully young lady. At the age of 16, Donna got pregnant and gave birth to a little boy. I did find some information that said at the time of her disappearance, she did not have her son. Um, so there was 
contradictory information on that. Uh, some sources said that she had suffered from an overdose. Mm-hmm. Uh, friends and family of Donna say that she had a lot of deep-rooted issues revolving around her parents, which I can imagine. It would be tough. Uh, I mean, they essentially abandoned her yeah. at a very young age. But then another source said that she willingly gave her son up back to like his biological father. Okay. So either way, I'm sure that was tough on Donna. Right. I mean, she lost a kid. No, she lost custody of him, though. At the time of Donna's disappearance, she was living in Splendora, Texas, with her father and stepmother. She had recently got out of an abusive relationship. And on the evening of October 25th, 2016, Donna was set to go on a blind date with a man that she had met online. Does this sound reminiscent of your case? No. Okay. So prior to leaving, Donna allegedly told her stepmother, Linda, if you don't hear from me by 1 a.m., call the cops. Okay. So please, if you are going somewhere and you feel the need to tell someone, Call the cops if I'm not back by a specific time. Do not go with that person. Well, I was thinking that was pretty smart. I just feel like if you have that gut feeling, like, don't go. Well, it might not be a gut feeling. She might just be a crime junkie like us. I don't know. Like, I jokingly say that. You know, like. I, do, I mean it. I sometimes jokingly say that. Like, when I'm, like, out in Scarting, I'm like, hey, if you don't hear from me by nine, then I'm murdered, so come find me. You know, but, like, I'm joking. If I actually didn't feel safe, I wouldn't be out. Okay, but, like. She might not have not felt safe, but, like, she didn't know this man. It was a blind date. Yeah, but that didn't stop her um, from going with him. And she rode there with him, allegedly. Hmm. So I just feel like that. I just, too many red flags. Okay. I'm not a fan. I just feel like if you have the gut feeling to tell someone, if I'm not back by this time, call the cops, you probably shouldn't be going with them. I'm just saying she could have been being smart. Okay, maybe. Protecting herself. So she was supposed to be going to dinner at the Texas Roadhouse in Kingwood, Texas. Mm, Love Texas Roadhouse. You do? Yeah. We don't like Texas Roadhouse. I do. I just don't like the one near you. Okay. I like Texas Roadhouse too, except for the one by me. Ever since they lost that lovely server. Sorry. That was off topic. It was, but it's fine. But this is where um, there's even less information available, and this is where like all the drama starts. Okay. So the story goes that Donna was picked up by the state, but no one met him, and no one even saw him or his car. Okay. Like, they have no description of the car. They don't know his name. Nothing. That terrifies me. Yeah. I don't know if I just didn't grow up in a time of Tinder or what. Um, I think probably more so it was mom and dad terrifying me and doing a good job of like making sure that I didn't talk to strangers on the internet. Yeah. Because to me, it's absolutely terrifying that she got in a car with somebody, didn't tell anybody his name. Like nobody saw her get in this car. Apparently they don't have a description of the car. They don't know the guy's name, nothing about him. And like, she just left with him. Yeah. And this is the last time she's seen. Allegedly. Yeah, that is terrifying. So um, if you're going to meet a random person, um, that you met on the internet. Do just, it in public. Well, yeah. And also, like, don't ride meet with them. them. Meet them somewhere so you have a form of transportation. And also, you need to tell somebody every detail you know about them. Right. Somebody needs to know where you're at and who you're with. You need to have your location shared. I mean, especially in today's day and age. Like, this was 2016. Right. Oh, mine was in 2016, too. Oh. Was it in Texas? No. Okay. So, I'm just saying, in today's day and age, share your location with your best friend, your mom, your sister, your brother, somebody. Like, somebody needs to know where you're at, and you need to have a game plan. Um, Especially, like, all the times, like, working in a restaurant, there's a whole bunch of times that people have, um, like, went on blind dates. And as a manager, I can't tell you how many people I snuck out the back door. Yeah. Like, it was a regular occurrence. Yeah. So, you just need to be on your A game, and I do not go with them in the same car. Like, that, to me, is what really threw me. Yeah, I mean, so I grew up in a time of Tinder, and um, I went on one Tinder date. What? Four years difference in age, and you grew up in the time of Tinder? Well, like, Yeah, when did Tinder come out? Not when you were dating. Uh, well, that's only because I got married so young. But, right. Yeah, I don't know. So I was in the time of Tinder, and you were not. I mean, don't roll your eyes at me. 
You just make me sound so fucking old. (laughs) Well, I grew up in the time of Tinder because I'm so much younger than you. Well, that's not what I meant. But anyways, I went on one Tinder date. Yes. Okay. And it was the worst thing I've ever done in my life and I never did it again. And I met them at a public place. I mean, I'm not knocking like online dating and Tinder and stuff because like there's plenty of people that have met their spouse off it. You just have to be smart. Yeah. Be smart. And don't make bad choices. Yeah. Be safe. And also nothing good. Nothing good happens after 10 p.m. So you should be home. That's okay. mom. Okay. okay. Just tell me that all the time. But I don't want to go out with my friends. Nothing good happens after 10 p.m. You should be home. Yeah, that's true. And she's right, because every time I was out after 10 p.m., it was sketchy shit going down. Yeah. That's probably true. So anyway, it just doesn't seem like a single person in Donna's life knows this guy. Uh, they don't know his name. They don't have any information on him. Uh, pretty much all I could find is that he was possibly from Liberty, Texas. Okay. So shortly after Donna left, her dad, Daryl, texted her and said, what are you thinking going off with this person you don't know? And Donna texted back and was like, it's fine. He's a friend of a friend. So she wasn't concerned about it. Was he a friend of a friend? That's what she says. This is all from the point of view of Daryl and Linda, her father and stepmother. Okay. Okay. Because they were the last ones to see her, essentially. Okay. Like, leave their house. So throughout the evening, there were phone calls and text exchanges from Donna to multiple people. Uh, She let her stepmother and father know that the date was going well and that she was going to go back to his place to watch Netflix and that she would be back in the morning. So she was going to stay the night with this guy. Uh, she also told her grandmother that she was going to bring her date by the next morning so that they could meet him because it was just going so well. She wanted to introduce her grandparents to him. Hmm. And I would think like this is fishy, but there were calls. So like it was really her. Okay. That's what I was, I mean, immediately I was like, well, maybe he's texting on her phone. Yeah, I thought that too, but it said calls and texts. So, okay. Uh, unfortunately she never showed up the following morning and she never came home. And by October 27th, she was no longer responding to text messages or phone calls. What day did this start? I'm sorry. The 25th. So two days. Okay. So it was actually very early mornings of October 27th. Okay. So she left at about 8 p.m., I guess, on October 25th. And then her phone lost all connection uh, 1 a.m. on the 27th. Okay. So not quite 48 hours. Okay. So at this point, her family reports are missing. And an investigation begins. Her family got to work posting on social media, asking for any information on her whereabouts. And the police headed to the Texas Roadhouse to pull surveillance. Uh, But the more that they looked into this date, the less they believed that it ever even happened. There was no surveillance footage of Donna at the Texas Roadhouse that night at all. To me, that doesn't mean that she didn't go out with the guy, though. It just means that she might have lied about where she was going. Right. Or maybe they changed their mind. Right. Uh, Shortly after her disappearance, a rumor started uh, spreading that she had been found. It was fine, which obviously hindered efforts to find her. We talked about that again in a little while, but... She had not been found. To this day, she still hasn't been found. Um, Something else that seemed to hinder the investigation was Donna's dad, Daryl. Allegedly, he began logging into her social media accounts and posting. Not like he was pretending to be her, but he just was posting like she's missing, like just stuff on her social media. He said the reasoning for that was because he didn't want for her social media to be deactivated. Okay. So I don't know if that's a real thing. That's not the first time I've heard that, though. Okay. That like if they sit dormant for too long. I don't know, though. I don't know how that works, especially like Facebook. Most of it seemed to be Facebook. Um, I don't know how that works because Grandpa's Facebook is still active. Yeah, that's true. And he doesn't post on it at all. No. So, I don't know. There are pieces of crap that pretend to be him, though. Yeah, that is true. There are pieces of crap that pretend to be our grandfather, and I don't appreciate it. And I tell them they're pieces of crap. Yeah. He's passed. Stop pretending to be him, you piece of trash. Yep. Um... That's besides the point, though. I didn't mean to go on a tangent about grandpa. I'm just saying I don't know how factual that is. I don't know how Facebook decides, like, what. Because, like, sometimes you look at it and it says, like, in memory of, in their name. Yeah. I don't know at what point they, like, archive it to. Is that the proper pronunciation, archive? Or yeah. is it archive? 
I think it's archive. I think it's archive as well. But you know, sometimes I mispronounce words. And then Allison calls you out. Yes. Because she's a bitch. <laughs> she doesn't listen to the kidding. podcast, so she's not going to hear that. But yes. Oh, well, My best friend calls me out bitch. when I mispronounce words because she, I told her to do it. I know. I was like, if I mispronounce a word, tell me, because we've talked about it before, but a majority of my large vocabulary and Ashley's comes from reading books. And when you read books, you don't learn the proper pronunciation. You just make it up in your head. Yes. So like I apologize. I said, <laughs> <laughs> if I had read a book with that name, I would have read it that way every time. <laughs> um, anyway, that doesn't matter. Okay. So also on top of like logging into her Facebook and posting things, he also was apparently deleting things off of her Facebook, including messages. But again, a lot of this, I think is just hearsay. Right. There doesn't seem to be a lot of fact in this case. Okay. Um, that's really weird to me, though. But apparently the police told him to stop doing it. Okay. And he continued anyway. Okay. Uh, he also set up a GoFundMe, which I think is totally reasonable okay. for his daughter to be missing. Yeah. The problem is that the account wasn't to help him find his daughter. Um, it was... I lost my place. I'm sorry. Oh, the account wasn't so that he could help find his daughter. It was so that he could get his car fixed. <laughs> Okay. Yeah. <laughs> so there's a YouTube video. I'm going to link it in the show notes. I think it's worth watching. Uh, but I'm also going to like paraphrase essentially what happened in it. So if you don't want to watch it, that's cool. It's like 20 minutes long. It's essentially just an interview with Daryl and Linda. Um, so they spend most of the interview talking about how Donna was a liar. Uh, she wasn't trustworthy. She would look them straight in the face and lie. Uh, they said that they don't believe that she ever went to the Texas Roadhouse. They think that she told them that and then she did something else. And they said that was totally normal. She did it all the time. Uh, they said she would regularly lie about who she was with and hang out with people that they didn't want her hanging out with. Dara claims to have four binders full of information, including IP addresses that tracked Donna's last phone pings to a trailer park in Spring, Texas. That's some serious detective work for a dad. Yeah. I have no idea how he got his hands on that information. I don't know. But he says he has it. Uh, Donna's stepmom said that to her, that just means her phone was there. She doesn't necessarily think that Donna was ever there. Okay. Uh, Daryl doesn't agree with that. He says he thinks she was more than likely with her phone. Uh, one thing that Daryl got fired up about in the interview is that when Donna went missing, they had reported that she had her wallet with her. And about a week later, he actually found her wallet in the car, like in his car. He said that her ID was gone and that that wasn't unusual for Donna. She was the type that would just put her ID and her like card in her pocket and take off. And I can, you know, relate to that. I'm the same yeah. way. That's how I lose my debit card like every day. Because I put it in my jeans, and then I forget Sarah's probably in the arena. No, I put it away. Okay. <laughs> I'm really bad about that. Like, I get gas, I put it in my pocket, and I lose my debit card. So I can I can relate to that. Um, okay. But the issue is, is that when this came out, that, like, her wallet was in his car, the internet ran with that. And that is when, like, the entire population shifted on Daryl and started calling him a liar. Um, they just really started to attack him. And he said, you know, I didn't lie. I just didn't realize that she didn't have her wallet. So when they made like the initial police report, they, you know, said what she left in the clothes she was wearing that she, you know, had her wallet. I don't really think that that was that big of a deal. Right. Uh, But the public did. Okay. So I know a lot of people think Daryl is suspicious. And I mean, I can see why some of his actions are definitely not the best. But he does seem to actively be looking for his daughter. Okay. He has four binders full of information, including IP addresses. And he also said that he has, like, the um, surveillance footage from Texas Roadhouse himself. So it does seem like he's trying to find her. Right. Um, he said that he brings all the evidence that he collects to the police, and they just give him every reason why it's not important, and they just dismiss whatever he brings to them. Oh, that's kind of sad. Mm-hmm. He claims that the day that she went missing, a man made a violent threat against Donna in the form of a voicemail, but he says that the police say it's not a viable lead. 
They have they looked into this man? So we talked about it a little later, very minimally, but they just really don't think that it's a viable lead at all. Um, apparently, though, like he called her over and over and over again, was like texting her, and then he like left her this voicemail where he said he had people in there and he was gonna have someone smash her. Oh, yeah, and that's not viable. No, they. I mean, essentially, the police are like, yeah, it's just really not a viable lead. Not really anything that we can do about it. It was just a voicemail. Hmm. Okay. So. Disagree, but already. Um, he also took a Facebook post to police. Uh, it was kind of like this viral post. Um, it was a picture of a bloody bathtub. He said in the interview, um, it was a Mimi. <laughs> which I kind of <laughs> thought was cute. Like he, said, he was like, yeah, it was a Mimi. Um, so essentially, it was like a meme, I guess, of a bloody bathtub. And it's actually a real crime scene photo apparently from like New York. But um, but he said in the post, it said, post this picture with your last text. And there's a man who did this. And his post said, yeah, I took her body down south. Like this was, it was the picture of the bathtub and a picture of a screenshot of his text. And the screenshot of his text said, yeah, I took her body down south. She said she was from the Splendor area. I guess they think it's a joke. Oh, well. So Daryl took that to the police and he asked that they question the man since Donna is the only girl that was missing in the Splendor area matching this timeline. And the police said, no, it's just some jokes are trying to be funny. And they refused to even entertain the idea that it could be a possible lead at all. Hmm. Which to me is kind of crazy because it's 2016. And I feel like social media at that point, I don't see why they can't use social media. Right. Like cyberbullying was a thing. Right. I don't know why. Like everything essentially from her social media, they're like, no, not viable. No, not solid enough, whatever. But. Right. Why? I don't understand why. I don't like this case already. Yeah. So Linda says that her biggest issue is that there are multiple people that Donna was fighting with on her social media, but because it's just messages, the police say there's nothing that they can do and that they're not even questioning any of these people. So apparently Donna was one to like make trouble with people and there's a bunch of messages with like people threatening her or like her, like just back and forth arguments and the police are like, yeah, there's nothing we can do about it. It's all on social media, but I just don't understand that. Right. So... I don't know. In the interview, Daryl also touches on the GoFundMe. And he says that he got a lot of shit for that, which I can imagine. Yeah. Um, But he also has like a reasonable, I don't know. So I watched this one YouTube video of this other girl like covering it, like covering this case. Because there's actually not a lot of people that have even covered this disappearance. Okay. Like I found maybe like two podcasts. I didn't listen to them because I tried and they were, I just didn't like them. So <laughs> okay. I started to like listen to them, but I don't like them. Um, I found like this one girl on YouTube and I watched like some of her video. I found this interview on YouTube. So the one girl I watched on YouTube, she said when she listened to the interview that it just didn't sit right with her because like Daryl and Linda were like bashing Donna, which I agree. Like they did, you know, in the beginning instead of being like, oh, you know, she was beautiful and she lit up a room. They were like, yeah, she's a liar. She's only getting into trouble. Like, you know, they were kind of bashing her in the beginning, but I don't know. Like, the more I watched it, I feel like her dad is actively trying to find her. Right. And, I mean, he does have pretty much reason for, like, all of the shady things that he did. He didn't touch on the deleting her stuff off of Facebook. But for the GoFundMe, he says his thought process was that he needed to go out and find his daughter because no one else was. Right. And he couldn't because his tires on his car were bald and he didn't have a reliable form of transportation. He said he had lost his job a few weeks ago. He had found another job that he was working kind of part-time. But um, he just didn't have the money to get his car fixed, and he needed to go out and find her. He said he also needed money to make flyers. He said, you know, uh, printing out colored copies is $100 for 50 of them. And he said the police don't do that. The family does. I don't know how truthfully that, like, how truthful that is. Yeah, I, don't I feel know. like the police would have some sort of fund for missing flyers. I have no idea. I've never had anyone missing in my life. Yeah, me neither. So I don't know how that works, but that was his justification was, like, I needed a reliable car to go find her. I didn't have that. And... 
I needed to make flyers and posters and I didn't have the money to do that, which I can understand. Right. Like if one of my children went missing tomorrow, I wouldn't have money to go out and spend. I mean, I would. I would like, you know, Figure it borrow out. money from everyone I knew to go make flyers. But like I can see what he's saying. I mean, if it's $100 for 50 flyers, I mean, yeah. that's Right. And you want to put out 5,000 flyers. Right. Right. I mean, it's a lot of money. Yeah. So I, I can that. see where that's coming from, you know, but people didn't see it that way. They saw it as he was trying to monopolize on his daughter's disappearance. Right. I mean, like, yeah, it sounds kind of sketchy, but I see his reasoning. Yeah. So it seems that the public drug Linda and Daryl through the mud. They talked about how he lost his job and that he was nothing but a liar. Um, so the first part of this interview, it's a two-parter. So the first part's 20 minutes. The first part of this interview finishes off with social media posts that have been made about Daryl and Linda. I'm not going to read all of them, but I did just want to read a few. These are really mean. Some of them, I mean, it's not funny because there's a girl missing, but um, he seems like the type that would trade his own daughter for a crack rock. What is wrong with people? Yeah. So somebody posted that on social media. Um, somebody posted, does this bitch have Alzheimer's or something? Forgetting stories and shit. Donna was never seen at Roadhouse, inside or out. So that's about Linda. Right. Uh, they... Oh, and then this is another post. They said Daryl threw all her shit out in the yard that day and told her he he never wanted to see her again. I think he knows what she got mixed up in, but he's scared. And if it's something to do with blank, I don't blame him. So it's like a name blanked out. Right. So that's just a couple. Those are just the ones that stood out to me. I mean, there's a lot. kind of mean to him. There was a lot of them where they were just like being mean. Um, so Daryl did talk about this rumor that he threw all of her stuff in the yard. He said that that was not true. He said that they did fight that day. They did have some words. And... Um, that it wasn't something that, like, it wasn't anything that hadn't happened before. So not out of the norm. Right. He said they pretty regularly, like, they didn't get along. He gave her up, you know, like, he didn't have anything to do with her as a child. He said they pretty regularly fought, but they just always got through it. Um, and he also said she didn't have anything for him to throw in the yard. So he was like, you know, even if I wanted to, she didn't have anything. He said that she had only been staying with them for a few weeks, because remember, she had that abusive boyfriend. Right. So he said he picked her up from her abusive boyfriend's house, and... She didn't bring hardly anything with her, like right. a couple of changes of clothes. Like she didn't have anything. He was like, so there was nothing for me to throw in the yard. Right. So there is a second video, like I said, with Daryl and Linda, where they talk about how they think Donna possibly could have got wrapped up in dealing drugs. So they said that she had gotten an offer to essentially be like a drug meal. Um, and some backing up of that is that on the night that Donna went missing, her phone was tracked from 8 p.m. on October 25th, and then it drops off at 1 a.m. on October 27th. Um, and there's evidence that she made multiple stops along Interstate 105 between Conroy, Texas and Houston, Texas. And then it finally landed in that trailer park in Spring, Texas. So that's a viable possibility. Okay. If she was making multiple stops. I guess. So Daryl talks about Donna's abuse of ex-boyfriend a little bit. He said um, that he did eventually agree to do a polygraph test um, during the interview. It says that information is not being released to the public. But I found a later article and it said he passed polygraph. So her abusive boyfriend doesn't seem to be involved. There was a PI working Donna's case. His name was Shane Stewart. So he sent a message to Daryl that said, your daughter is alive and fine. She doesn't want to speak to you because of y'all's argument. However, she is not at risk. I'm not working this case. The sheriff's office still has it open until they physically put eyes on her. They can't close it, but there is no foul play and no harm done. She is in Cleveland with a male friend. That is all I will disclose. Hmm. So this message from the PI pissed Daryl off. In response, he made a Facebook post, which has since been deleted. In the post, he wrote, The truth is my daughter is a spoiled brat. She had lied to us all as well as other people and was not wanting to be found. She put everyone who loves her through hell without any regards to how we felt and the information we had left us to think something bad had happened to her. So if you don't have the facts, please keep your opinion to yourself because I only did what I thought was right at the time and what a father who cares should have done to try and find his missing child. 
I spent hundreds of dollars and ran my vehicle in the grounds looking for her, but you don't know that either, nor do you know I lost my job because I could not make it to work from being worried sick. So mind your own business. If people should be mad at anyone, it should be Donna for bringing this drama in everyone's life. I am trying to move on. So should you. So the truth is the PI never actually saw Donna. Okay. Um, he had heard that she was seen in Cleveland in a red sedan with a man. So I'm not really sure why the PI felt it was acceptable to tell Daryl that he had seen her and that she was alive. Right. When he hadn't. Right. So the only reason why Daryl actually ended up taking the post down is because he actually got confirmation from the Montgomery County Sheriff's Office that this alleged sighting was not able to be confirmed. And therefore, they didn't believe that it was an actual sighting. Okay. So Shane Stewart, the PI, also went to social media and he posted this. I normally don't get involved in social media, but here's the simple facts. One, I personally did not make the found poster, nor did I spread it. Two, there was a lot of pertinent information left out by certain members of the family in regards to this case. Three, she's an adult. She got into a fight with her father and several things were said, including him basically telling her to get her stuff from the yard when he left it, where he left it and leave. Don't contact him. Four, father did not lose his job as a result of her missing. He had been laid off from Kennedy Fabrication a few weeks back. Five, I did not know about the GoFundMe. Six, Myself nor any other level-headed PI takes a penny from a missing person's case. That would be unethical and just plain heartless. Seven, search and rescue efforts do not take money either. Eight, I never physically put eyes on her, but yelled. This is what said. I don't think he meant yelled, but but yelled many phone calls. Some blocked with very descriptive sightings of her. I don't know why he said yelled. Maybe he meant like yielded? Maybe? I don't, I don't know. know. He said yelled, but that's I don't think that's what he meant. And then nine, it cut off here. I couldn't read the bottom of it, but it said I was pulled off the case. Shane Stewart later said that as the entire story changed and new information came to light, he decided to step aside. He also said he has refused to take any missing person cases after this one because of the twist and mess it became. Unless it is a search mission, a search mission for a missing person, he doesn't get involved. He lets the police do their jobs and other and other organizations willing to be thrown in the middle of what could be a complete mess. So to me, that is all a bunch of unnecessary drama. Yeah. I don't understand why the PI felt it necessary to text Daryl and tell him his daughter had been found when he had no solid evidence that she had. Right. That's kind of crappy. And I don't know. It's just all like drama. Right. Like there's no why are you facts here. on Facebook. Yeah. But like why is all this being posted on Facebook? It just seems like Facebook is hindering all of this. Yeah. Because in November of 2016, the poster he mentioned, there's a poster claiming that Donna has been found and it's circulating social media. Right. So at that point, people are like, okay, Donna's fine. Right. But, like, she hasn't been found. It's not right. true. And Daryl has requested multiple times, can you guys take this down? And they won't take it down. But he's like, my daughter's still missing. Right. And they're posting that she's been found. This PI tells him she's been found. That's not true. So then he looks like an asshole because he posted this whole thing and they deleted it. So they're like, oh, now he's lying again, you know. Like, it just seems like social media warriors right. are really hindering this case. Yeah. And it just doesn't seem like anything's being done. No. It sounds like this case is being butchered. Yeah. So, obviously, this isn't the case. And as of today, Donna Cloud is still missing. So, there isn't an alternate theory. There isn't a ton of info on this theory either. Uh, But it's worth mentioning because the people that were involved in this theory confirmed they were involved. Okay. So, the alternate is that Donna was picked up from her dad's house on October 25th by two men twice her age. Carter Meyer and Aubrey Schultz. Both men admitted that they did pick her up, but that they dropped her back off at the end of her dad's driveway. So they claim that when they dropped her off, she was trying to find someone else to come and pick her up. Um, So they don't know if she ever like actually made it in the house, but that they did drop her off at the end of the driveway. And there are also witnesses who claim to have seen her being dropped off by Carter that night. Okay. So I don't know why they would say they picked her up if they didn't. Right. So to me, that's a viable lead. Right. 
Um, and there are other people that saw it. Right. So. But it doesn't seem that the police think there's any foul play with them. Like, the police have questioned them. They believe their story, apparently. So, while Donna's phone was never recovered, police were able to access her apps. And in doing so, they found a letter that Donna had written to her dad using the Notes app at around 4 a.m. on October 26th. Um, I couldn't find the note. Uh, there were links for it, but everyone that I clicked was like an inactive link. So I didn't actually get to read the note myself, but that YouTube video that I watched, she apparently read it. So she said, essentially, it was just Donna expressing how upset she was with her father and that she blamed him for not being able to see her son. Okay. So that just really confirms that they had a fight that night, which he admitted to. Like, right. he said they had a fight. He's not denying that. So now we're going to talk about that guy who left the voicemail. So that guy's name was Kyle Ferguson. Okay. And police say that they did look into him. Um, they asked him why he left the voicemail, and he said, I can't remember. And that was the end of that. Doesn't seem that they pushed that any farther. Uh, but oddly enough, the trailer park where Donna's phone last pinged was a known hangout for Kyle. Hmm. So. That sounds a little fishy. Yeah, but that's all they have on him. Doesn't seem like they pushed it anymore. That's really all they got. So it really just seems that the narrative that Donna ran off is what's being pushed. Like, the police have said, yeah, I think she just ran off, which... If that's what you think, cool, but that's not your job. Right, and also she didn't leave with anything. Right. Like, she left with nothing. She didn't take a bag of clothes with her. She didn't take her wallet. Like, she yeah, she has very much stuff. She could have just taken it Right. Bag. She could have taken a bag, a trash bag, whatever. But she didn't right. take any of it. I just feel like if she was going to run off, she would have taken something, picture of her son. Like, she didn't take anything. Right. So, it's just really infuriating. Yeah. Uh, there's another theory that makes absolutely no sense. So, Donna's mother, Shelly Cloud, was the cousin of Anna Nicole Smith. Okay. And she was apparently on Anna Nicole's TV show a few times. So, people think that someone took Donna to extort Shelly for money. Okay. Um, there's no evidence that Shelly has any money. <laughs> and also, she abandoned Donna when she was a baby. So, why would people think that she's going to pay to get her back? Right. Well, maybe that she's older, they have a better relationship. Uh, yeah. I don't know. So, this is... Uh, what do you think? Like, let's just talk about that. What do you think? I don't know. I mean, there's Of these nothing. theories. Okay, but, like, everyone is essentially saying, like, Daryl and Linda are full of shit and they're big fat liars. Right. Okay. And this is just uh, strictly my opinion. But I don't know why those two main theories can't go together. Yeah. Like, she says, hey, I'm going to Texas Roadhouse on a blind date. They said, you know, she regularly lied to us, hung out with people we don't want to hang out with. So it does, it's not a far stretch to say that she didn't tell them she was going on a blind date, but then actually leave with those other two guys. Right. They might not have wanted her hanging out with. Right. I just don't understand why it has to be one or the other. Like, I don't know why Daryl and Linda have to be big fat liars or this other theory is made up. Like, I just feel like they very easily can go hand in hand. Right. I agree. Now, did Daryl threaten to throw all of her stuff out? I mean, he very well could have, but he admitted to the fight. So I don't know why he would deny the rest of it. Right. Because he told them, like, yeah, we got into a fight. There were words exchanged. I mean, is it really that big of a deal that he threw her stuff out? Even if, right, even if he did. I don't know. I mean, that doesn't make him guilty. Right. Well, a lot of people think that he's guilty, that he did something to her. I mean, he just sounds kind of like a sweet, concerned dad. I mean, I'll say I didn't get the uh, impression that he looked like the kind of guy that would sell his daughter for a crack rock. Yeah, no, that's true. I didn't get that from watching him. Do I think that he's a little hard around the edges? Yeah. Yeah. So he could have done that when he was younger. Done what? Sold her for a crack rock. Well, he didn't sell her for a crack rock. 
That's what somebody said on social media. Oh, right. <laughs> what are you Never talking mind. about? <laughs> he didn't sell her for crack rock, actually. But he gave her up, right? He just essentially let his parents raise her. Okay. But like, the thing is, too, is I don't think she would have run off because not only, like, yeah, okay, cool. Her dad, Linda, she's not that close to them, but she's extremely close to her grandparents. Right. They haven't heard from her either. Right. Like, to me, that's just crazy. And, like, she would just leave her son. She wrote a letter about how upset she was she couldn't see her son. So then she just leaves him. Yeah. Unless she gave up all hope. I, I mean, know. it doesn't seem like she ran off to me, but at this point, it's been six and a half years, right? And there's very little information of any kind of search. There's been petitions for like new detectives to be added to the case because it just doesn't really seem like anybody's even trying to look for her. But then Daryl, who claims you know he's got binders full of stuff that the cops don't care about. Yeah, he says the cops don't care about it. Hmm. Yeah, that's pretty crazy. It's pretty nuts. If you have any information that could lead to her being found, we ask that you please contact the Montgomery County Sheriff's Department at 936-760-5800. But somebody's got to know something. Yeah, definitely. There's no way that this girl just disappeared off the face of the earth and nobody saw something. Right. Someone knows. And I don't think that she ran away. Um, doesn't sound She was 19 years old. I mean, she was 19 years old. She had a whole life out of her. I don't think she just ran away. Yeah. And also the area that she lives in is heavily wooded. And it doesn't seem like they've done any searches of that either. She very easily could be out in the woods somewhere. You know? I mean, somebody could have... She multiple stops. Her phone made multiple stops along the interstate. It doesn't even seem like they've searched the stretches of highway. Like, maybe she did go out with someone and he killed her and dumped her body. Right. But they're not even looking. Yeah, that's possible. It is Ryan here and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Okay, anyways. All right, so my case is also a missing person case, but um, it's solved. Okay. But you said, is she still missing? Yes. They never found her body, but... Okay. Okay, anyways. So on December 3rd of 2016, started in the middle of this time, at 2.45 a.m., an Uber driver was driving along the Belmar Bridge in Neptune City, New Jersey. He saw an old tan sedan pulled off to the side. So he stopped and went to look at the car because it wasn't safe to be stopped in the middle there, but no one was inside of the car. He contacted the police just to let them know that that car was there because, again, wasn't a safe spot. The cops came pretty quickly, and they took a look into the car. The car was unlocked, and the keys were still in the ignition, but there was no driver in sight. Hmm. So they ran the plates, and the car belonged to 96-year-old Lillian Stern, but Lillian wasn't driving the car that day because she had actually given the car to her 19-year-old granddaughter, Sarah. The police went to Sarah's house, and it was empty. The only sign of life was a dog inside. So a little after 3 a.m., they contacted her father, Michael, who was on vacation with his girlfriend in Disney World. He says he answered the phone, and it was the police asking Sarah, asking if Sarah drove her grandmother's tan sedan, and he said yes, and then the call disconnected. He called back, but they didn't answer him. So he felt really uneasy about this. He called his nephew, who was a first responder in Neptune, And he told them that they had found Sarah's car abandoned on a bridge with no Sarah. So the couple packed up and immediately began their 16-hour drive home. 
But in the meantime, the police worked on locating Sarah. The police called Mike back and asked him some questions about Sarah being missing, what he knew, but he tells them that he's not home, so he really doesn't know anything. And that he's tried to call and text Sarah, but um, she's not responding to him. So initially, they thought that Sarah had jumped off the bridge and committed suicide, but they still did their due diligence and started a missing person investigation anyway. They began by canvassing the area, talking to her neighbors. Um, They found the next-door neighbor, Robin, said that she had heard from Sarah early the day before. Sarah asked if she could drop some things off at her house, and Robin said, yeah, that was fine. Robin said that she sounded kind of down, but nothing super suspicious, and when she did drop the things off, Robin wasn't home, that her daughter Carly was. Um, Carly had been pretty good friends with Sarah. They knew each other their whole lives. Carly says that Sarah did stop by that day looking for Robin to give her the box, but Robin wasn't home, so Carly took it. She says that Sarah seemed to be in really great spirits, that she was talking about how she had decided that she was going to move to Canada to start her life as an artist. Um, Sarah had recently got, not recently, Sarah had gotten really into art when her mom had died from cancer four years prior. She used it as kind of like a therapy for herself, and she's really talented. So she was, and she was also super into YouTube, and she had went to a YouTube convention in Toronto. She met all kinds of famous YouTuber, one of which was Jenna Marbles. Oh my gosh, I love Jenna Marbles. <laughs> Me too. I used to be obsessed with Jenna Marbles. Me too. What, it was her. 2016, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, when Sarah had went missing, Jenna Marbles actually made a video about it. Oh, wow. I thought that was pretty cool. That is pretty cool. Another reason to love Jenna Marbles. I do. I love Jenna Marbles. She's a ray of sunshine. Yeah, so that's not really, like, super important to the case, but I love Jenna Marbles. I love Jenna Marbles. I added it in there. We used to be obsessed with Jenna Marbles. Prior to, it was in 2016. It was earlier than that. The Velociraptor. Yes. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) How to, uh, what was that video? How to get a man to quit talking to you. Yeah. How to get a man to quit talking to you. Be a Velociraptor. Mm-hmm. She had all kinds of them. Randomly plank. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Hilarious. She's a funny girl. Mm-hmm. So Sarah, when she went to this YouTube convention, she fell in love with Toronto and her dream was to move there and be an artist there. Sarah told um, Carly how she had found money from her mom and that she now had the means to leave. She said that her mom had left her a safe in the other house that they had owned with a box of money for Sarah. And this gave the police a theory that maybe she ran away and went to Canada. But Carly says that she doesn't think that's what happened, that she didn't say that she was moving that day, just that she had decided she was going to definitely move. And she even said that they made plans later that afternoon. Hmm. So Carly also says that after she left, she had to go run errands, and she was going to lunch with her friend, who was with her. Um, The police tracked down the friend, and it was her best friend of hers since first grade. His name was Liam. That morning, they went to Liam's house. Uh, it was still pretty early to ask if Sarah was there, and he says no, that he hadn't seen her since before he went to work yesterday. They asked if he'd talked to her or any texts or calls. He says, no, I actually lost my phone, and I'm not really sure where it is. So they tell him if he hears from her, just to let him know, and Liam says, okay, we will do. So the police go back to the car looking for clues, but there's really no signs of foul play. So they really just feel like Sarah either jumped off the bridge or she left to start a new life in Canada. Okay. So the police talked with Mike, and he said that he didn't know anything about that money, um, but it did make sense to him. His wife, Clara, that's not her name, her name's Carla, uh, was a saver, and she'd always been, she was really prepared, she loved Sarah, so it made sense to him, and that's trapped. It's kind of weird, though, that she wouldn't tell her dad about it. Yeah. So how do we feel about Liam? 
I don't know. How do you feel about Liam? I don't like Liam. I don't think. I don't know how I feel about <laughs> Liam. I don't feel like. <laughs> Three sentences and I like him. <laughs> okay. I just don't buy. He doesn't know where his phone is. Yeah. Kind of weird, right? 2016. You said she was like 19, right? Mm-hmm. So a teenager not knowing where his phone is. Random been friends since first grade. So he's the same age. Right. 19 year old not knowing his phone. That thing is glued to your hand. Yeah. I don't like that. Yeah. Kind of weird. Yeah. I don't like that at all. So they did start searches for Sarah um, that day. Dozens of first responders, the state police, the sheriff's department, a dive team, a boat with a sonar. They're all looking for Sarah. They look around the bridge, in the water, but nothing. Neptune City was a pretty small town, so pretty much everyone that was looking for her knew her. Right. Um, the so police, that was New Jersey, right? Yeah, New Jersey. Just makes me think of Veronica Mars. Neptune, I know, Neptune. Neptune. Beach. <laughs> yeah. It was like Neptune City, but they just called it like Neptune yeah. in all of the articles. Well, that's what Veronica Mars calls it Neptune. But it's Neptune Beach, I guess, right? In California? Um, I don't know. Neptune. That's all I got. Yeah. Okay. So the police, again, they talk to Liam. And he goes over what they did that day. He says that they went over together to the neighbor's house. They dropped off that box. They went to Taco Bell for lunch. And then they went back to her house, played some video games until he went to work. When he worked until about 10 p.m. Then he went home. He went to bed. He tells the police that, you know, she had a lot of problems recently with her dad. Um, she's been talking about going to Canada, so maybe she did that. They also brought up the theory of suicide to him and asked him if he thought that she was depressed, and that was a possibility. He said that, you know, he didn't really think so, but he did ask that um, if she did jump, what was the likelihood that her body would be far out to sea? Yeah, I don't like Liam. And, you know, they don't, they don't really think much of that. You know, he's a concerned friend. I don't agree. That's a weird question to ask. <laughs> I agree. But they don't think it's too weird. Okay. Anyways, so they find that the house across the street from the Stearns has surveillance cameras that point to their Stearns house. So they watch their videos, and pretty much all the times that Liam gave a matchup, they see her leave the house multiple times, see her walk to the neighbor's house, um, and the final time that she left was around 11.45 that night, and she never came back. They found surveillance footage of them at Taco Bell together around 2.15, but they also found some surveillance footage that she went to the bank that day around 3, which is kind of weird because Liam didn't mention that. Right. So video at the bank shows her in the bank. She's happy. She's smiling. She's talking with the tellers. She waves goodbye. And that's the last time that she was seen on any surveillance footage other than her driving her car. Mm-hmm. Um, when they saw her driving her car, did they see her driving her car? Or they saw her car driving? I think they just saw her car driving. Okay. So, other than the bank, Liam was the last person to see her because he went back to her house with her. It turns out that Sarah had a safety deposit box at the bank with a little over $25,000 in it. So, that was that cash. Yeah, I was about to say, where the $25,000 is a lot of cash. Yeah. And it was, like, super old, deteriorating. Like, when you touched it, it, like, fell apart because it was from her mom who was old. She'd been saving it. Yeah. So, again, they assume it's from her mom. So, back at her house, they find her passport, her social security card, and Canadian cash in her room. So, she didn't go to Canada. So, highly unlikely that she went to Canada because she wouldn't have left all of her stuff there. Right. Especially not Canadian money. So, you said her mom passed away four years prior, right? Mm Mm-hmm. Okay. I just think that's a lot of money to be putting away. And for her husband not to even, like, realize it. Right. Well, maybe. I mean, it was old, so she'd probably been putting it away over time. Well, I mean, I agree, but I was just thinking, like, uh, the span of Sarah's life... It was like two thousand dollars. She year. was fifteen. Yeah, so yeah, that's really so not that much. Not that much. No, I was just thinking like twenty five thousand dollars is a lot of money to just be putting away for like your husband not to realize. Right. But if she'd been doing it for fifteen years, right. he said she was a planner. So maybe. Yeah. I just think that's so weird. And like also, it's so weird that she wouldn't tell her husband. 
Yeah. That is weird to me. I don't know. I mean, I guess it's, I mean, it's only like 160 bucks a month though. So yeah, she could have just got, you know, 40 bucks back here, 40 bucks there, whatever. Right. Okay. Stuck 20 in her purse after grocery shopping. Right. Well, so thinking like, yeah, you know. So pretty soon after this, Liam lawyered up and he didn't talk anymore to the police. They did go talk to his roommate, Preston. That's weird. I agree. He just lawyered up. He did like, they don't even suspect he did anything. No, okay. she, they're still kind of thinking that she just kind of either jumped off suicide the bridge, right. or she's in Canada. Yeah, that's one way to draw suspicion to yourself, Liam. I agree, but I don't know if Liam is the smartest man. So they do go talk to his roommate. His name is Preston. He also knew Sarah. He had been her friend since high school, and he was actually her junior prom date. Oh. But, like, platonically, they were just friends right. that went to prom together. But he didn't really have any information on Sarah being missing. Her family organized huge search searches for her where hundreds of people showed up. They would walk um, the city. They would walk the shoreline, surrounding areas. No signs of Sarah. It was one of the biggest searches in the Jersey Shore history. Weeks went by and nothing new. They posted flyers with the promise of a $5,000 reward. But really no tips came in. Every single day, her dad walked the bridge looking for her. Her friend Carly would message her on Instagram, hoping that she really had just left. And she would say, like, oh, if you're really out there, uh, make a fake Disney account and like my picture so I'll know it's you. And, of course, nothing happened. So seven weeks after Sarah disappeared, a high school friend of hers, Anthony, and his dad came to the police. Anthony said that he might have some information on Sarah. He told the police about a pretty weird conversation he had with Liam on Thanksgiving. (laughs) Can't imagine he talked to Liam and got a weird conversation. I know. Liam sounds so trustworthy. That's what I'm saying. I like how he's trying in the middle. It's easier for me to decide what's happening. (laughs) I didn't like that Patreon episode he started in the beginning. I'm sorry. It's okay. I say it won't happen again, but that's not true. Mm -hmm. Probably do it again. So on Thanksgiving night, a little over a week before Sarah disappeared, he went over to Liam's house. And Liam told him that Sarah had came into a lot of money, and he was going to get it from her. He said that he was planning to rob her, strangle her, and throw her over the bridge. Anthony says that it was a strange conversation, but they really bonded over um, horror movies. That Anthony made horror movies, and Liam would sometimes act in his horror movies. So he kind of just thought maybe it was like a plot for a new horror movie. And he just kind of dismissed the conversation. Then, when he learned about Sarah and realized that Liam wasn't talking about a plot to a movie, but real life, he... Oh, he he reached out to the police. I don't know why that was so confusing for me. Yeah. But before then, he actually got a message from Liam on Snapchat that asked him if the police had been talking to him. And he was like, okay, so yeah, he definitely did something. So definitely need to go talk to the police. So the police got Anthony to help him. They had him call Liam and ask to borrow money. And they would record the conversation. So Anthony did. He called and said that his camera broke. And he was wondering if he could borrow some of that money that he got from that girl. But Liam wasn't stupid at this time. And he said, hey, let's meet up and talk about this in person. Mm. So they did. They met uh, at the boardwalk in a desolate parking lot. Liam got into Anthony's car and immediately was like, hey, man, sorry. Just got to protect myself. And started like feeling up Anthony. Feeling for a while. But luckily, the police put the recording device in the car, not on his body. Yeah, that's lucky. Yeah, because who knows what that crazy person would have done. Yeah. 
So Liam started telling about how the police had been questioning him and he just had to be careful. So nothing against him, just trying to protect himself. So Anthony was like, oh, why would the police be after you? And so, you know, he tells him what happened. He tells him the whole story. He says that he robbed Sarah. Then he snuck up behind her, put her in a chokehold, and picked her up, which strangled her. But it took a lot longer than he thought it would. He thought it would just take a few minutes, but he actually timed himself. And it took about 30 minutes. What a psychopath. Yeah. Timed himself killing somebody. Yeah. Then he went to work. He says that his roommate Preston helped him. Preston came back the afternoon to hide the body. He took her out of the house, drug her out of the house into the um, bushes by the fence. And then later that night together, they put her into her own car, making sure to miss the surveillance cameras across the street and took her to the bridge. So that was them leaving at 1145. Right. I figured. He says that he drove her car and Preston drove behind him. Um, The plan was for him, for Preston to wait on the side of the road so that after he dumped the body, they could just leave. But she was actually a lot heavier than he thought she would be. And he couldn't do it alone. So, um, they're smart boys, so they used walkie-talkies instead of their cell phones. So it couldn't be traced. That's kind of smart. It is kind of smart. So he walkie-talkied Preston to come help him. But in the time that this all occurred, three cars drove past him. And he was getting kind of frantic, really worried. Mm-hmm. But they did get her over the side. And they left her car. And they left the scene. And no one knew this but Preston, Liam, and now Anthony. He says that even being with her was planned so that when the police found out, they would question him and he could be cooperative and lead them away from him. He helped with their search and just spoke out to the media about how loved she was and amazing she was. It was just like a grieving best friend was what he portrayed himself as. I didn't get that. You didn't get that? No. I don't understand why. That's what he was doing, and he was doing a perfect job. I don't agree. <laughs> I immediately knew that he was sketchy. Yeah. Sketchy McSketcherson. So, basically, he's just, like, um, bragging about how great of a murderer he is. He said that one thing just didn't really go as planned. He lost his phone at Sarah's house. Oh. And that they couldn't find it. That's why he couldn't find his phone. Yeah. So. That makes more sense. The cops found the phone. Oh, they did? They did. Oh, okay. But he was there earlier, so it made sense that he left his phone there. Yeah, I mean, it would. But he said that the worst part was that he thought he was going to get a lot of money. Maybe fifty to 100000 But he actually only got 10000 Why would he think that? Because maybe they didn't, like, count the money. He was with her when she found the money. So maybe they didn't, like, count the money initially to figure out how much money it was. Okay. And so she still had, like, 25000 in the safety deposit box, but he got ten, So she had 35000 why did she go to the bank that day? So Liam says that she took that money out because he convinced her that she should use it to move to Canada. So she went and took the money out so she could move to Canada. $10,000? Yeah. What was she going to do? The ledger 25000 Just leave it in the box? Yeah, leave it for savings for when she needed it later, I guess. That just seems kind of silly because it's a saving, like it's a safety deposit box. So she'd have to come back to get it. Yeah, I mean, I agree. But like her family's here, so she would come back. I mean, yeah, I guess. I don't know. But not according to Liam, because she hated her dad, so. Oh, okay. According to Liam. Right. So, yeah, I'm, I'm not really sure. But um, he said that $10,000 really wasn't that much. It was really only enough to throw him better parties. Okay, trash That's all he really got to do with it. And he also tells Anthony, you know, I really thought that I would feel different, but nothing has changed since he killed her. He feels the same. 
Okay, psychopath. You killed your best friend over $10,000. Nothing has changed in your life. So did he give any money to the guy that helped him? No. Okay. They buried the money. He used part of it and then buried the money. So it wouldn't be trapped. Okay. I think I said Why did later, his friend even help him then? Well, like he was going to get some of the money. But then they decided that it was too old and they would know. Okay. So they had to bury it. Okay. And use it later. Okay. <laughs> it's just going to get older. I mean. Right. <laughs> I don't know. Okay. He's not the smartest cookie. No. So Anthony says to him, wow, this is like a movie. And he says, yeah, well, it's your life. You got to make it one. I wouldn't want to live a boring ass life. Okay. Murdering someone makes your life fun? Uh, I don't think that that's fun, but. According to um, Liam here, he thinks that like, makes his life more fun. Okay. So on the Dateline episode, it like pretty much like plays most of their conversation. Mm-hmm. So it's pretty interesting if you want to give that a watch. So Anthony asked where the money was and Liam said that they had hit it. And he said that Preston didn't even know where it was. And that he better not tell Preston that he knew. Because if Preston found out, that he would kill him, too. But Preston didn't kill Sarah. He did. Right. So he's not going to kill anyone, too, because he didn't kill someone in the first place. Right. Okay. So they finish up their conversation after 20 minutes of being in the car. Because I'm sure Anthony's like, I want to get the heck out of this car. Right. And the police have Liam under surveillance while they get their warrants in order. Mm Mm-hmm. But in the meantime, they bring Preston in for questioning. And within minutes, he tells him everything. I'm sure. He pretty much says, like, the exact same story. He says that Liam came to him months prior and told him about how he and Sarah had found the money. And that he wanted to rob her. So they came up with a plan to get her drunk and take the money. But that didn't work. So then Liam said that they were just going to have to kill her. So he said that he would kill her and Preston would just help with the cleanup. And then they would share the money. And Preston agreed. Preston showed them um, how he took care of the body, how he drug her out of the house, where he put her before they went and dumped her over the bridge. He showed them where the money was buried. So Liam said that Preston didn't know, but Liam showed, or Preston, I'm getting my names confused. Liam said that Preston didn't know where the money was. Right, but Preston Preston didn't know. know. So uh, I don't know why he lied about that. He just, I guess, thinks he's cool. So you said they like searched her car, right? Mm Mm-hmm. Okay. They said there were no signs of foul play. I just don't see how that's possible. Why? If they put her dead body in the car. I mean, he strangled her. It's not like she was bloody. Okay, but like, I'm not trying to get like gory here, but typically you like excrete bodily fluids. Yeah. When strangled. From my understanding. Like you piss yourself or shake yourself. Right, but it had also been like, I mean, hours. Okay. In between being strangled and being in the car. So maybe it dried up. Maybe. Yeah. Okay. I just was thinking, like, they should have found yeah. urine or feces. Right. I mean, it happened, like, hours, so, like... I mean, my knowledge on strangulation is not super in-depth, but there have been a few cases that I've followed or that I've, like, I don't know, that I've heard of, and that's typical. That's pretty typical. Right. Like, not to go way off track, but, like, Chris Watts. Right. He said that when he strangled Shanann Watts that she, like, shit herself. Right. I know that one for a fact. And it's not definitely not the first time I've heard that. Yeah. I mean, I don't know other than like it was hours. So she was seen at the bank at three. Mm-hmm. And, and then, then he had to go to work or whatever. He so went yeah. to work. And then picked her up at 1145. Yeah. And then they took her at yeah. 1145. Okay. So and I mean, he like cleaned up her house. 
I mean, maybe there wasn't that much of a mess. I mean, he just strangled her. Like, he picked her up from behind and strangled her. Okay. So, I mean, maybe she peed herself or whatever, and he cleaned that up. Okay. Or maybe he sent Preston to do it, because he clearly doesn't like to get his hands dirty. Right. I don't know. Okay. Sorry. I didn't mean to, like, go off on a... That's okay. Tangent there. I just wondered. It's okay. So, he said that um, he went and showed him where the money was buried, and the safe that they found wasn't even, like, all the way covered up in the dirt. It was, like, still sticking out of the ground, so they didn't even do a very good job of that. Yeah. And the safe was engraved with 002. So, Liam was arrested and charged with seven counts, including murder, felony murder, robbery, desecration of human remains. And he denied all of it. He says he didn't have anything to do with it. But when he was arrested, he had on his keychain a key that was engraved with 002. Right. Same as the safe. So why was it 002? Do we think there was a first case, a first safe? Maybe. Okay. Maybe. Hmm. Maybe he got more than 10,000. Yeah. I don't know. Okay. So in January of 2019, the trial started and the defense really focused on the fact that she had a bad relationship with her dad and she ran away or committed suicide. Um, But there really wasn't a lot of evidence that she had a bad relationship with her dad. I mean, her, like, aunt had testified, or I don't know if she testified, but her aunt had, like, said at the beginning that she did kind of have a rough relationship with her dad, but it wasn't, like, anything more than a normal teenager and right. their dad. Um, they tried to bring down Preston's character and make him out to be a liar. They brought up, like, some petty things. Um, they brought an eyewitness that says that he saw Sarah that morning at 5 a.m. He says that he was driving his son to work. He drives him at the same time every day, so he knows it was 5 a.m., And he saw Sarah walking down the road. They made eye contact, and Sarah looked away really quickly. She was wearing a fur coat and high heels. And then a little while later, he saw her car abandoned on the bridge. He said that he's 100% positive that it was Sarah. They looked each other in the face, and he was 100% positive it was her car. The defense also says that everything Liam told Anthony in the car was just him making up a story and auditioning for a horror movie. That's what they did. That's how they were friends. They did horror movies together. Was Sarah the kind of girl to run around in a fur coat? No. I mean, I didn't take her as one. No. So that was the prosecution's um, refuting all of this. They said that um, Sarah did not wear those types of things. She was more of like an Uggaboo and Timberland kind of girl. And they said that um, he couldn't have saw Sarah's car because there was records that the car was towed by the police before 5 a.m. So, he was 100% positive at the time, the car was gone at that point. Right. It's just, like, such an odd way to describe her, though. Like, oh, yeah, I'm certain it was her because she was wearing a fur coat and high heels. Yeah. Like, Like, I think he just meant, like, he was certain because, like, he wouldn't forget a girl in high heels and a fur coat. I just think that's weird. Like, it's such a weird description. Okay. Yeah, I agree. And they also say that the auditioning for a horror movie is just complete bull squash. Like, that doesn't even make sense. No, it doesn't. If he was auditioning for a horror movie, why would he use his friend as right his audition? Right. With, like, a plot, like a plausible story. When she actually is missing. Right. Like, you don't fuck around with that. Right. No. And, like, she actually has all of this cash. Right. So, um, I don't no. like that. No. I mean, it's not. Yeah, no. Um, and they also, the prosecution said, like, what reason did Preston or Anthony have to lie? Right. But the defense says, well, that's because they were involved. That's why they lied. To put their client in the hot seat. 
but there's no evidence that they were really involved other than Preston admitting that he helped get rid of her body. Right. And then they also found the Liam's phone at Sarah's house. Right. But he was also there that day. He admits that there was no saying he wasn't at the house. So the jury was kind of stumped. They asked to rewatch the car conversation. Um, they re-listened to some of the testimonies. They deliberated for a pretty long time, but eventually they returned with a guilty verdict on all counts. And Liam was sentenced to life without parole. Preston pled guilty to robbery, second-degree conspiracy to commit robbery, and disturbing or desecrating human remains. And he was sentenced to 18 years without parole before 15 years. And they had a celebration for life for Sarah, where they displayed all of her art from floor to ceiling in three rooms of the community center. It's so, a lot of art. It's a lot of art. Yeah. And they said there was about 1,000 people in attendance. And then they also set up a scholarship in her honor for art. Hmm. That's pretty crazy. Yeah. Like, what a piece of crap Liam is. Like, not only did he take all of her money and kill her, but, like, he was her best friend since first grade. Yeah. Horrible. Yeah. Like, that's absolutely... Like, all of the people involved were all her friends. Mm-hmm. Liam, President Anthony. It's not the first time that that's ever occurred, though. I know, but, like, it's just so sad. There's that case. I don't think we covered it. Did we cover it? I don't think we did. There's, like, the case of the boy who, like, his friends did the same thing to him. Like, all of his friends killed him because he had, like, got a job. He was working construction, and he had saved up, I don't know, like, 10 grand or something. And they took him in the woods and killed him mm. for 10 grand. Like, I, that's just not enough money. No. I mean, like, all these people are killing people for small amounts of money. Right. Like, I mean, 10 grand is not that much money. Yeah, and he even, like, I didn't put this in here, but he was telling um, Preston when he, when they found the money, he was like, yeah, it's enough money to kill over. No, it's not. It's not enough money to kill over. I feel like even if it was, like, a hundred grand, still not enough. Yeah, no. Because, you know, he said he thought he was getting 50 to 100, which is quite a discrepancy, in my opinion. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, so. I mean, people are trash. Uh, Yeah. They prove it time and time again. There's a lot of trash bags in this world. Yeah. Well. So that is the end of our missing ladies. Mm Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm glad your lady was found. I mean, she wasn't found, but I'm glad they they know what happened to her. Unlike poor Donna. Yeah, that's true. They have no idea what even happened to her, and it doesn't even seem like it was freaking looking. No, Kind of crazy, crazy. though. They were both in 2016. They were both 19. Yeah. So I can see earlier why you were concerned we did the same piece. Yeah. (laughs) Which hasn't happened yet, surprisingly. Yeah. As many, like, I mean, we don't ever talk about the cases ahead of time. Because there's a lot of true crime. I mean, I know, but it's just crazy that we haven't even one time. I don't know. It'll happen eventually, I'm sure. That we'll both be researching the same case. That'll be annoying for you to have to redo your I'm not going to redo it. You're going to redo it. (laughs) So, yeah. That's it. Yeah, it's crazy. Well, we hope you guys enjoyed this too for, for our anniversary. It's kind of exhausting. We're never doing that again. It's not even that long. It's only an hour and ten minutes. It seems longer. No, it's not even that long. I kind of feel like I let him down because I was like, it's the longest case yet. I don't think it is. <laughs> I don't think it's the longest episode yet. I thought it was for sure going to be like two hours long. Yeah, I for sure thought so too. But I guess not. You should have picked me your case. Yeah, but like my case was nine pages long. Yeah, I mean, I did increase my font size a little because, you know, I've been having that vision issues. But um, I don't know, like nine pages. I normally only do six. Yeah, I mean, mine was five. I normally do five. So. I don't know. 
It's because we didn't have a bunch of uh, banter in the beginning. That's yeah. We normally have like 15 minutes of banter in the beginning. Yeah, that's true. we just true. like talk a whole bunch of nonsense. That's true. We didn't really have a lot of nonsense this week. And also we kind of wanted to get into it because we thought it was going to be so long, but it's not, so. No. No, that's okay. Yeah. It's still the uh, two. Two cases. They've yeah, never gotten that cases. before. They've never, they've never gotten that. That's true. Well, we hope you guys enjoyed this. Thank you for coming to celebrate with us on this beautiful day. Glorious day. We've officially survived a year. Pretty crazy. It is crazy. I thought we'd last three months. Um, You thought I would last three months. You <laughs> thought I was going to get sick of it. Yeah, I did. Because I have an addictive personality. And I get addicted to things for short periods and I give up. That is true. You do. And there have been times where we, me, I've wanted to give up. Oh, I've definitely wanted to give up too, but we haven't. So we haven't. And we're persevered. We're going to dedicate ourselves to at least another 11 months. 10. 10? (laughs) Okay. To May. Oh, I guess that's 11 months. I was thinking, well, it's almost July, so. whatever. Whatever. 11 months, I would say. See where things go. We'll make it to the two-year mark. Cause we've already said 11 months. I mean, we've already said till May, and we'll see how things go. Yeah. And then we'll just have to see. I think we should at least just do a two-year. We're already doing 11 months another month, you know. <laughs> right. But, I mean, you know, it's always on the up and up. I don't know, man. Some weeks are down and down. Well, yeah, that is true, but, you know. Some weeks have a real, real rough time. But it pays off knowing that people are listening. Well, yeah, we have busy lives. And then also, I mean, there are times where I don't want to make our listeners feel bad, but there's sometimes when I don't feel appreciated. (laughs) Sarah needs validation. I know. I mean, we've talked about that in episodes. I, my love language is words of affirmation and I need you to tell me I'm awesome. I tell you you're awesome when you get our episodes out on time. Yeah, I know you do. But I just feel like, like I see the numbers and I see that there are people listening, but it just doesn't really feel like they're there. You well, know? yeah, because they can't talk to us. Well, no, but I mean, like, I just feel like, you know, like, it's just, I don't know. I don't know how to describe my feelings. This is just my therapy <laughs> session. <laughs> okay, well, <laughs> they don't want to hear that. They do, Ashley. They don't. They don't want to hear you making them feel bad about that. <sighs> I mean, really? they probably tuned out by now. They just come for the cases. I want to see, though. So our current stats, we're at... Calculating stats, calculating stats. It's taking a long time, and it sucks. I mean, mm. not really my internet's pretty good. Are you connected to my internet or are you connected to mom and dad's internet? No, I'm connected to yours. Okay. We just have a lot going on. It's probably just my computer being slow because I'm recording. Right. And it slows my computer down. So, I mean, currently we're at like 23,500 downloads yeah. in a year. I mean, that's pretty good, I think. I think that's pretty good. So I know you guys are out there. It's just sometimes I feel like I'm all alone. Well, you're never alone because you always have me. I mean, I know, but I can talk to you about, you know, I mean, I talk to you whenever. But yeah, you know, what are some of our favorite moments from the past year? I don't know. Every time our equipment doesn't work. Yeah, it's happened a lot. And we say, we're just going to quit. <laughs> yeah, I know. There's a lot of us saying we're just going to quit. Uh, today, our XLR cords were not working for our microphones. And I was like, that's it. We're done. It's not working. But. We're a year in and our cords should yeah, work by I know. now. <laughs> we're like, we're a year in. This equipment should work. But it doesn't. We have issues all the time with equipment. Yeah. Yeah, we do. So, But I meant good things, not bad things. Oh, okay. Well, I think those are funny. So, What's our favorite memory? Podfest was a great time. We had such a fun time at Podfest. Yeah. Looking forward to this year. Mm-hmm. 
I think that um, every time we get a new Patreon, it's super exciting. Yeah, we love Patreon. Yeah, we get really excited. Um, my favorite recording moment is the time we were testing out the Scarlet. The listeners haven't heard that, but <laughs> Ashley said. <laughs> I'm Sierra. <laughs> She was so confident that she was Sierra, <laughs> and she's not. I'm not Sierra. Because I'm Sierra. So that was awkward. But it was hilarious. I probably still have that recording. I should release it. It you was can. so funny. Care. You can make me look stupid. It was just so funny because we laughed and laughed about it. Yeah, I was really sure that I was Sierra. I mean, we definitely made some big moves, though, this year. You know? We started off. Like, let's just recap the start. We started off with $20 mics from Amazon, right? Mm-hmm. And that's all we had. We had mm-hmm. these $20 microphones we ordered on Amazon. We had these shitty headphones we got from Five Below. And that was it. Yeah. We recorded on Discord because it was free. We had so many issues with Discord. We had stupid Craig. Yep. Craig. We miss Craig. I know. I Craig do miss Craig. Craig was the cutest. Craig is a, b- a bot on Discord and he recorded our episodes for us. And every time he started recording, he would say, no recording. I miss Craig. But he was a piece of shit. He was the worst employee we ever had. <laughs> he was the worst free employee we've ever had. He was awful. He would just like quit recording mid- episode like, it was awful he'd like the internet connection would be trash and it would like jumble our fucking words it was trash honestly cut us out in the middle of the word i yeah, don't know it was what it was doing it was awful so that's where we started so in the year we've upgraded our mics we've bought an audio interface we got fancy boom arms we got fancy boom arms we have cloud lifters we have a studio now we have a studio with sound noise canceling they're not soundproof even though they're sold as soundproofing panels oh my but God. Anyway, we've got these panels on the wall. We upgraded our headphones from $5 to $10. That is true. I mean, Target we bought them, special. bought them at Target. Uh, yeah, I mean, we've made big moves. That's true. We have other big things in the work that we can't talk about yet. Hopefully, it'll be good decisions for the potty. Stop calling it that. <laughs> <laughs> Ashley gets really mad when I call it a potty. Um, yeah, I mean, we've, we've made some big jumps and leaps. We have. In the podcasting world. We used to get excited. You remember that first like episode? We were like, "Oh my god, we got fifty listens!" Oh, I know. We god. used to get excited and like listen notes. Let's check our listen notes score. Let's just have a recap. If you guys don't want to listen to us at school, you can peace out. But it's I just really just share. for us. I just want to share some exciting shit. I mean, we've been in how many countries? Like eighty six countries. I don't know a lot. As of our last checkup of like how many countries we've been in, um, we on listen notes we have increased i mean when we start we weren't even on listen notes when we started <laughs> but listen notes is just like a website that ranks you based off of like how many listeners you have and let's see what it's given us i haven't checked it in a few days it updates like every 10 days or something i can remember like the first time i think we appeared on listen notes i think we we're in the top 10 percent of podcasts yeah oh my god what? We went from the top five to the top three. Woohoo! What? Oh my god! That is so fucking exciting. That is. I really told you I haven't checked it in a few days. So there you go, guys. We went from the top ten the first time we were ever listed on listen notes. Um, and now we are in the top three. So that's really, really fucking exciting. Yeah, that is pretty cool. So look at that. Got to see our live reaction because I didn't even know that. <laughs> so it says, what is the global rank? The podcast, this podcast is one of the top 3% most popular shows out of 3,134,595 podcasts globally, ranked by listen scores, which is the estimated popularity score. So it's pretty freaking exciting. We're up to 104 countries. Yeah. There you go, man. We and still have all 2, those. 2,286 cities. Wow. 
Still got a lot of people in Springfield, Missouri. Yeah, they love us there. I wish they would tell us why. Yeah, well, it just came out today, so maybe they will. Hopefully. Yeah, it's exciting stuff, though. So our listen scores are 34, which isn't fantastic, but we want to be closer to 100. But when we first started appearing, we were only like 12. Yeah, that's true. It was like a listen score of like 12, and our rank was like top 10. Might have been top 25, actually. No, the first time I ever checked, it was top 25. I probably still have a screenshot of that. Because I was really excited we were top 25. And then we hit the top 10, and then we hit the top 5, and now we have officially hit the top 3 as of when did this update? Freaking yesterday. Yeah, that's As cool. of yesterday. That's awesome. I'm proud of us, Ashley. Me too. We've come a long way. We have. We've come a very long way. I do miss my teal mic, though. It was really pretty. Yeah, the teal mics were pretty, but they were trash. Oh, they were total trash, but they were pretty. Yeah, they were awful mics, but we got them. I mean, we didn't have money to start a podcast. So we appreciate all of the financial support from our Patreons. We do. We appreciate all of our um, 23,000 downloads. Mm-hmm. Appreciate sure that a do. lot. Yeah. If it wasn't for you guys, we want to be here. So who would have thought a year ago when I said, hey, let's start a podcast. And I said, well, this sounds like a horrible idea, but okay. Yep. <laughs> In normal Ashley fashion, just following everything I tell her to do. Pretty much. For 20, 26 years. I'm a people pleaser, you know. I know you are. Especially you. I don't bossy. like to let you down. I appreciate it. That's why when you texted me today and you said, are you going to be ready to record? And my mind, I said, ain't no fucking way. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't think you were going to be ready to record. I wasn't ready to record. Yeah. In my mind, I li- like you texted me that. And I was like, oh, Jenny. <laughs> what am I going to do? And she's like, I'm going to do all of the work and you're going to work on your podcast. <laughs> and I was like, we're not going to do that, Jenny. Yeah. I'm going to do half my work. Yeah. And she's like, no, I'll do it all. Mm, Jenny's real support, man. She is. She doesn't listen to us anymore, probably because we cuss too much. Yeah. But um, she does tell me to not do my work and <laughs> work on my podcast instead. <laughs> I'd probably get fired if they heard that. Yeah, probably. And you did put it out when you were chosen as like a spotlight employee, so. <laughs> yeah. Eh, whatever. Let's see what happens. Yeah, but I didn't really do that. I really did um, do my own work. Whatever happened to the stealing of the chairs from the hospital? Oh, they told me I wasn't allowed. <laughs> I didn't figure you were allowed. <laughs> I just figured while we were getting you in trouble with work, we'd throw another one in there. Uh, I asked. They said no. Okay. Well, that's sad. Yeah, so... So if um, anyone wants to buy us a couch. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So on July 8th, we wrote, Woohoo! Can't believe we've reached 50 downloads. Thank you for your support. <laughs> Is that what you were checking? Yeah. Like our back. That's so mm-hmm. funny. And it's then hilarious. look at that. We're up to um, 23,000. Yeah. That's awesome. That's insane. So I know you guys are out there, so I appreciate you. Wish you would talk to me more, though. <laughs> yeah. I think that's the thing. I don't know. Because, like, I regularly reach out to podcasts I listen to. Yeah. And they do not talk back to me. I never reach out to podcasts. I do. I, I reach out to them regularly. Like, when they, because a lot of times they'll ask us to, like, when you listen to podcasts, they'll be like, reach out to us about this or whatever. And I do. Like, I've reached out to multiple podcasts that I listen to multiple times, and I never get a response. Yeah, we always respond. That's what's beautiful about us, is we respond to all of you. And you can ask some of our other listeners that have reached out, because there is a handful that have. Right. It's just like, in the grand scheme of things, we have like 23,000 downloads, and I think we've had like seven people reach out. Yeah, probably. Over a year. So it would be nice to get more feedback. Tell us All what we can do for you. All seven of those we respond to. That's yeah, true. I mean, you could just tell us, like, what you want to hear. Yeah. If you have we'll an idea. Do it. You have an idea for a case. A new thing. We're not saying no. Yeah, that's true. That's Since PodFast, we aren't saying no. So if you asked us to do something, as long as we're capable of doing it, we're going to do yeah, it Yeah, as you. long as it's not illegal. And as long as we're capable of doing it. Now, 
keep in mind, I'm overweight, so. So you can't murder anyone? No, that's not what I was going to say. Okay. I can't do crazy things like headstands. Like, I don't know. Just keep in mind that, like, I'm lazy and large, so. <laughs> Why would anyone ask you to do a headstand? I don't know, because you're like, we'll do anything you ask us to do. I don't know. I meant, like, podcast related. Okay. Like. Okay. So someone messaged us and was like, hey, come out, we move. Yeah, no. no probably not. No. You should just be more clear okay. with what we're willing to do. Anything okay. podcast related. Any episode you want. I mean, whatever. You just tell us. You want us to do an episode? You want us to drink a 12-pack of seltzers and do an episode? We'll do it. That'd be fun. <laughs> I'd be real annoying, so you don't actually want that. No, but I'm just saying, if there's I'll anything you, if you guys want. want us to do, then just tell us. Tell us what you like. Tell us what you don't like so that we can better ourselves for you guys because you're really all that matters. That's true. And I hope that when we talk to you, you feel like we're talking to you alone and not the other 23,000 downloads. So I would also like to say that um, I was talking to Hannah the other day. Mm-hmm. Are you Patreon? Yes. And I told her, I was like, hey, your shout out episode is this week. And she was like, oh, so great. Love that. And then we were talking and she was like. Did she really say it like that? Because that really sounded like bitchy. No, okay. she didn't. <laughs> I just added that. Anyways. No, she was like, oh my gosh, yes. Okay. Can't wait to hear it. Much better. And then she's like, I just love the summer because I get more time to listen to the podcast. Because, you know, she's not working. Mm-hmm. So she was like, yeah. Um, I usually listen to you guys when I exercise. And I was like, oh, yeah. She said, yeah. A couple weeks ago, I was like, Ashley, hurry the fuck up. I want to get off this treadmill. <laughs> or whatever she was doing, walking. That's whatever. funny. Because she has made it a goal of hers that she has to exercise for however long our podcast is. Right. So when we get too chatty, she gets really mad. Okay. <laughs> well, sorry. Don't exercise to this one, Hannah. <laughs> no. Don't exercise to this one. No. <laughs> but it's at the end, so you won't know that. No. <laughs> Add it. Just send her a text. I will. Send her a message. Let her know. But anyway. All right. Well, I guess we'll let you guys go. But again, thank you from the bottom of our hearts. We if love you. If you're hanging out this long, I don't know. Some people might peace out, but we love you more than you will ever know. And um, we do this every week for you. We beef Only up for our you. content for you. Each and every one of you. Individually. Mm-hmm. So... Thanks. And also, just a little beef to pick. 23,000 downloads. We have 59 reviews on Apple Podcast. Oh, my gosh. Just, Sierra. <laughs> come on. I mean, I'm just saying. Okay. Well, anyway, Maybe we could get some more. Back to saying that we appreciate them. I appreciate you, but get your shit together. <laughs> I'm just kidding. You can lead a horse to water, but you can't make a drink. This is true. I can tell them every single week. I met you. Oh, why me? <laughs> I can tell you to be nice, but it doesn't mean you're going to. Oh, no. I'm not. I'm nice. <laughs> well, sometimes. You did just tell our listeners. We actually need a 57 rating. So, again, get shit together. Okay. Anyways, let's let them go. All right. Well, bye, guys. We'll see you next week. Bye, For guys. a normal episode that will be me. I'm going to be doing next week's episode. Yes. All right. Bye, guys. Bye. Hey, everyone. If you like what you heard and you want to support a small podcast, please give us money at www.patreon.com forward slash weekly dose of wicked where you can join one of our four amazing tiers starting at just a measly three dollars a month that's literally 10 cents a day you can join the slightly wicked after that we've got the moderately wicked for just five dollars a month followed by the awesomely wicked for seven dollars a month and for those high rollers big ballers we have the extraordinarily good 
So head on over, check it out. If you like what you see, join it up. If subscriptions aren't your jam, head on over to www.buymeacoffee.com forward slash W-D-O-W, where you can give us a one-time donation to buy us a coffee or, you know, like podcasting equipment, which would probably be a better use of our money. Feel free to give us a follow on Instagram at weekly underscore dose underscore of underscore wicked, or you can just search weekly dose of wicked and we'll pop up because we're the only ones. Or you can give us a like on Facebook at facebook.com slash weekly dose of wicked. Or, you know what, you could just do both, because that would be better for us. For a direct feed of our podcast, please go to www.weeklydoseofwicked.buzzsprout.com. Great news, guys. We've made it big time, and you can now listen to us anywhere you listen to podcasts. Yep, yep. Even Pandora. They finally let us in. Make sure to come back next Wednesday for your Weekly, Weekly Dose of Wicked. Wicked. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.